Hey guys, this is Tina B. And Charmaine G. We're here to talk about the messiness of life. It's ugly. And it's raw. It's real. And it's a freaking game. It's whack-a-mole. 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 This is us. And our gift to you. Hello and welcome. Welcome everyone. Wackos, whack-a-molios, whack-a-molers. Whackers. Molers, molios, whatever you guys are wanting. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> hey, this is Charmaine G. And this is Tina B. Welcome everyone. Okay. I just want to put in a little reminder here that we are adults having adult conversations. So if you want to just um, take caution with whoever's in your car, and we are live at this time. Um, so maybe listening to it when you're not in company of a younger audience it's really kind of for mature audiences mostly thank you for that so, Tina. you are welcome because i realized last week that we can't edit we are live and i went rogue and yeah uh, i'm gonna rogue again so that's fine yeah i feel good about it i'm down <laughs> Let's do it, baby. <laughs> All right. So uh, the world whackable. Um, this is a something that I feel is important to discuss at this time. While I feel like we're uh, having a nation war, um, I want to talk about war in itself and Ooh. the Iraqi freedom period oh. and what some of the side effects for that is ongoing. Um, with that being said, the Iraqi uh, war was approximately from March 2003 to 2011. That is a long war that I question what were we, what in the hell were we doing there? Like, why were we there so long? It's eight years. Eight years. Our boys being over there. You know, and people dying. Many. And that's what I wanted to talk about because unannounced um, and profound numbers of. Over 4,424 of our soldiers in hostile and non-hostile, more hostile, in action, killed. Over 31,952 wounded in action as a result of this war. Um, That's I, physically wounded. Physically wounded. That doesn't and count. nearly 5,000 dying. And that doesn't count all of the boys that came home who now suffer from PTSD. That's my point. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I didn't mean to step on that for you. Not at all. Okay. Because I'll tell you, um, PTSD is a real thing and it comes in waves and it comes in, um, different versions for everyone. And if you are, um, a veteran of war, if you are currently serving, um, in action for the resources that are out there, mm. um, wounded warrior project is a great project to, um, have uh contribute because there's peer mentoring there's people that have experienced the same thing as you not only can you go through this with someone but with your families mm. so i'd encourage all of our um fellow patrons and and our strong strong veterans. one and only veterans to, yeah. to get the help that they need thank you yeah thank you you're welcome that kind of um sort of swoops us into in a roundabout kind of way um, for my subject today, which is boundaries, personal boundaries. You brought up the world mole and I was, all I was thinking of were the perimeters and the boundaries that these boys had to keep and what they were guarding. Following and what orders. They were, yeah, all that. Um, and geographically, the boundaries of that. So um, for me, boundaries have been very difficult to navigate throughout my life. At my age, 
which we all know is 54. I'm not hiding that. Um, Good for you. <laughs> I have some experience. I can look back at times where I had zero boundaries and why, um, and kind of what happened, what it was like, maybe um, what where the turning point was for me and where I stand with it now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's start with Google's definition. Love definition. Uh, me too. It's a little cheesy, which is the reason I don't use Webster's, but... Um, so boundaries, a line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line, the eastern boundary of a wilderness is their quote that they put in there. Border, frontier, borderline, dividing line, one of my favorites. Um, demarcation line. Wow. I like the way that slips right out of my mouth. Yeah. Demarcation. It sounds firm. Yeah, I like uh, that. Yeah, me too. Okay, so... My girl, Brene Brown, I got to throw a quote of hers in there. Um, She says that this is a famous quote of hers. Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. So for me, that is the crux of this. Um, Recently, I have set boundaries and I'm caring less and less. I don't want to say I don't care at all anymore but I'm caring less and less about the reaction I'm getting from others and caring more about my comfort and where I stand with my honesty and myself. So let me break that down a little bit. Um, If I don't make a boundary and I allow something to happen, Okay, let's go back to when I was a kid because that's always fun. Let's go back to like (laughs) seven-year-old Tina B. Okay, I hated chicken legs. Okay, (laughs) like drumsticks. Like drumsticks. Okay, Um, the thought of it just was. And then there were like those gray tendons and like there was cartilage and and all kinds of. And then like you know you always have that one uncle that's like sucking on the bone and chewing (laughs) the knuckle off. All that stuff just (laughs) grossed me out. Okay. I also didn't like milk. So there I was. I remember um, this was the first thing that popped into my head when I thought about boundaries. Um, And it pissed me off. I had a resentment about this since I was little. Mm -mm. That my mom made me sit at the table. And finish your chicken. Yeah. So here I am at nine o'clock looking at um, cold chicken and hot milk. That's not the way they started, but, (laughs) and I remember thinking, I don't, I can't, I was, and I was stubborn like a mofo. And I got to tell you, I don't think I finished either one of those things, but the fact that the choice was taken from me Mm. pissed me off. Now, whatever my mom's motive was behind that, probably it was an economic issue. Because we were all about sure, not throwing food be. away yep. and just, you know, where who do you think and the right, kids you, in China and all that stuff, okay, mm-hmm, or wherever. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't, that wasn't racist at all. No. But, um, so there was that. Then as I got older, boundaries became more difficult to make because I feel like when you start out at home, if your boundaries aren't being honored at home, and you're being like subjugated or just shut up and do it or, and, and I'm not trying to make my parents sound like monsters. I just grew up in a different generation where it was like, you just stop. Obey. You yeah, just you obey. just do, stop doing that. Stop complaining, just do it. Right. So it became more difficult for me to make boundaries within other situations as I started to grow up. Now, not wanting to eat a chicken leg or drink hot milk, warm milk is way different than 
maybe keeping the company of a boy as a mm. teenager mm. and him wanting to do something with me that I, exactly and knowing that I would risk him liking me or even a situation with a girl who was like let's smoke some pot or let's um Go sneak steal out cigarettes. or yeah, yeah let's yeah, steal yeah. remember Bonnie Bell chapstick those yeah. fat chapsticks yeah, yeah. I had a friend that we and went Avon into, still sells those. Really? Yeah. Um, I remember I wanted one so bad, and I wasn't a makeup wearer. I wasn't a girly girl, but they that, tasted delicious. They were wonderful. <laughs> and as a starving child who was not eating her chicken leg or warm milk, <laughs> I really was into the um, smelly markers and yeah. smelly chapstick Me and all too. that. Scratch um, stickers. And I remember. Stealing something and getting caught. I've stolen it twice in my life and both times I've gotten caught. And I'm not much of a thief, but I did it, even knowing it was wrong. Because of pressure, peer pressure? Because, yes, because how she felt about me was more important than I felt about my moral fiber and my integrity. Oh my gosh. Now, yeah. I'm saying that as a 54-year-old woman. As an 8-year-old girl, I wasn't a... I was not articulate enough to separate all of those things no, and move those things to be around and, yeah. and liked. Yeah. So, um, wow. so <laughs> my eyes are wide open on this subject because you just did that. Like I, I have to tell you, you know, again, reminder to our audience and our wackos. Um, we don't tell each other the topics before mm. we get started. Literally, we, so much we hold it up to this glass COVID-19 screen between <laughs> us that's happening. And we say, this is what we're talking about. And my mind goes, Beep. nothing. The other person has literally like a minute to figure out what they want to do. Seriously. And I'm all going, I like, I have struggled with boundaries. I do. I am so bad at them. And it's, I couldn't put it to words until you started talking about from a young age and how that right there is what put me into my timeline of life. Like pure acceptance, loose boundaries, totally just doing what people wanted me to do, pleasing. Like I'm a pleaser. I thought it was, yeah, I'm definitely a little bit of codependent, mm -hmm. but I'm a pleaser. Who isn't? You're right. Mm -hmm. But guess what happens? I'll take the bread end of it. I take the, I take the, the integrity jug, you know, to where I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. Like I am so, I feel so bad. And, and, um, it's about myself. Like I cared less about myself to, at the other expense of others. So what happens in, in a facilitator in a group, uh, therapy session I was, um, involved in was kind enough. I, I didn't think it was kind at the time. I think it's kind now, but to point out to me <laughs> that with what you just said and with that behavior, I was betraying myself. And when she said that, I, because my first reaction is always anger yeah, <laughs> since I yeah, was little, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to punch her a little bit. I was, I, it angered me. Well, it angered me because it was the truth. And then I was like, okay, break that down for me. So every time you go back to your husband who keeps knocking the hell out of you, uh you're mad at him because he's knocking the hell out of you when what was really going on is he revealed that part of himself clear back here. Way long ago. You didn't listen to that. You kept going back expecting it to change. Not that his behavior was my fault, but I kept walking into the fire expecting it to not be hot. Hmm. So, so I, and then, so now she's breaking it down like this a little bit. Well, not exactly like that, but yeah. 
I have come to my own understanding about it. Um, the, the fact that I was betraying myself, uh, made me feel shame. Like I, how could I possibly I be doing this, that maybe. self? I, well, not so much that, but somebody telling me something about myself that I didn't realize, but they could clearly see really pissed me off. So, <laughs> and welcome to my psyche. Okay. Now you're all in, have a seat, everybody pull up a chair and an ottoman, pack <laughs> you, a lunch. It might if be you a know while. more than me about myself. You piss me off. <laughs> totally. So she start. you know, we started to look at that and I did some writing about it and, um, and it was the truth of the matter. I couldn't deny that. But there was clarity in that because I get to say whether I want to betray myself or not. Mm. That's not so much the courageous part. That's more of the awakening of it. The courageous part is looking across at you and saying, I don't want to... Eat chicken and milk. Exactly. <laughs> and and you looking at me just waiting with eyes, what is she going to say? And is will it, will it please me or will I now be resentful? Right. It's right. crazy. Well, I think a lot of it is that we're reactive as humans. Yeah. And so we have to be led first to react. Mm -hmm. um, back to the loose boundaries, I feel sometimes at points... I did it out of the, taking the easy road. You know, it's just easier for, for to not set them and to allow someone to belittle me or to um, always put the fight out and take the hit, so to speak. Uh, is there a laziness involved with that? No. Or is there just a lack of self-care maybe? Well, lack of self-care uh -huh. for sure. But right. what it is, is I just want the fight to be over with. Ah. I just want to get through that toxicity Ooh. and that negative space to where I, I mean, it's the uncomfortable that I can't be in. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Um, and it's not about cowering down. It's about just getting through that hard moment and not setting boundaries. And what happens is guess what? It happens again mm -hmm. and again and again. And you lose your identity. Well, you've set a precedence. That's been my experience is that I've let it. Maya Angelou, that's her quote. When somebody reveals themselves to you, believe them the first time. That's hmm. Maya Angelou. Hmm. She, and, and that really just speaks so loudly to me to be cliche, if I may be cliche in saying that phrase. There's, in retrospect, I can look back and go, yeah, when, when I'm going to go back to the ex-husband thing. When we were dating, you know, he put his hands on me and, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Like I was like, mm, is that your normal though? That I mean, how no, was it not a big I had deal? never really, I never, we're going to explore that subject in far more depth. But at that point, I think that's a have to subject. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's not 25 minutes. That's a big one. And, and, and guests need to be involved yeah. in that. However, um, I, I just remember then I set that precedence, then that was okay. And, and when you don't have enough respect for yourself to make the boundary, other people then don't have to respect you either. No, because they right. see that they don't, you're not even giving that, you're not even giving that to yourself. And I don't want to get into a beat down shame thing here. That's not what this is about. It's more about, I'm a good person. So why can't I move away the fear of 
not being liked rejection enough to nurture myself yeah and every time i do that there's just a little bit tiny more of the gigantic picture that's my life that i get to see and then i take you know these little baby steps and i then um try to pass that on to my children and again just for the record my children don't listen to everything that i say i you know <laughs> i mean i think that you're I producing have, wonderful uh, human beings thank you, you. i'm could. doing my very best yes you are and speaking of wonderful human beings as this topic came up today i um something so ironic happened and i don't i don't want to um say too much because it was this afternoon and Samantha had a complete and utter come apart that involved tears and, and a lashing. Oh yeah. So I did something. She asked me not to do it, but I don't recall her saying that. And that's really the honest truth. Um, something happened. It was something happened and, and she asked me to stay out of it, but I didn't, I don't know if it was my mom ears, (laughs) but I didn't hear her say that. So today I addressed this thing, um, without involving her, which under normal circumstances would have been okay. Yeah. So I call her and I tell her, so this is what I did. And I'm like feeling all mom about yeah. it, you know, and thinking like, my I got kid's your gonna, back totally. And she was livid. She was on the phone with me and was like, I can't even talk to you right now. I am so angry. And my heart was crushed and I felt that pain in my tummy. So now she's texting me. I was like, what is the matter, Samantha? And she was like, this, this, and this, and this, and you did not, it is time for me to make a boundary. She said that to me. Whoa. And I sat back with my little piece of paper with all my boundary notes on it for our recording. And I thought, okay. And I had to take it and I had to listen to her and I had to um, listen to what she had to say because it was valid and it, not covered up with my anger because right away I want to put my thumb over her and go, I'm the mom in this situation. Right. You, who are you talking to like that? Exactly. You step off, you know, right. and shut it down and all of that. And, and I don't parent like that. So no. I had to humble myself and sit back and listen to her. Now I did draw a boundary with her like okay we're now i'm i really am i'm at work i'm doing this that and the other and i don't we can discuss this later okay um and that's a simple boundary just, my it question was so ironic that she said that to me it is time for me to make a boundary with you okay so like i i want to interject because now i'm way curious because you and and sam have a wonderful relationship like I envy it and I look at it like sometimes you're all in and she wants you there and and she's asking for your help your contribution whatever that looks like without boundaries and then this time she gives you boundaries and gives you her voice and it regardless if you didn't hear or not how do you know is it by every experience that you go through with her case by case if you will yeah and there's some finesse in that, but that, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it takes me back to my truth. What am I trying to accomplish with my children? I want to raise decent human beings. I want to raise people who, not my idea of that. I have to listen to their needs and their wants and their desires. They came with their own set of uh, bucket of shit and then their <laughs> own suitcase full of, you know, surprises. Right. And, and so I have to honor both of those things. It is not an easy thing. And I don't always have the answer to that. No, I will tell you that my patients, 
Um, and just go and listen to her the way you want to be listened to. That is a it's, good approach. It's it's the simplest, most basic thing, and that sometimes is the only thing that I can sure. grasp onto. So I listen and I listen. And then the thing I know about my kids and the love that I have with them, which is the really just such a true and pure, it's the only thing I'm 100% sure of, is the love that I have for my kids. That's like the one thing I know for sure, That's absolutely. Constant. constant. Bes besides death and taxes. Yeah. Read, read that <laughs> Bene, Brene Brown quote again. Daring to set boundaries is what having the courage to love is a... Let me start over. Sorry. Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. You know, I, before we go into our live mold this week, I just want to say what I highlight out of this conversation is practice. Practice the boundaries mm. because it's detrimental that we put ourselves first and it's not a comfortable thing. It can be very uncomfortable at times, but if we don't, we see that we are allowing someone to treat us this way. And hundred percent. So I, I'm so grateful that you brought this subject up because I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I've got a lot of work to freaking do. And we all do. Everything's, you know, we're all a work in progress. The other thing is that I find when I make a boundary with somebody, cause I can be kind of brash and I can be just Cut that's what I'm. That's how what I'm feeling though, Tina, is because I come across as so open, so loving. Then all of a sudden, it's like, no, wait, and they're like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know. But if I make a boundary, I usually have to show an increase of love. Now, if I go in and say, Aww. this is what I want, and this is, and I don't like it when you do that, and then the rest of the day, I'm I'm not going to like you for doing it, and I'm treating you like that's not that's not right. the same. And that's that's not a boundary. Back. I like a boundary that. is. I don't like that. I don't like to be spoken to like that. I'm not comfortable with it. And then 10 minutes later, come in and go, you want to go to lunch? Well, that's not true. Not inviting somebody to lunch, but still communicating <laughs> with, with, but still communicating with them and going, you know, still, hi, how are you? I still, we're still friends. Yeah. We're still, there's still an existing relationship. And that's an uncomfortable thing to do too. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot in, to think about when you're, when you're approaching that. It's doable, though. I know it is the it few is. times that I've done it. It is. Okay, you lead so by example. Personal mole. You go first. Oh, shoot. Okay, so my personal mole of the week, we relocated into our facility. We're all under one roof mm. now. My personal mole is I couldn't be prepared enough. I felt like I was doing the best that I could, and it's an ongoing thing. And I'm just grateful that I could see excitement and passion grow back in people's lives just because we're around each other. Totally, so. totally. Agreed. Good one. Thanks. I think I'm going to give my whack-a-mole to our audience or whoever is interested in this. I went home today um, <laughs> at lunchtime. And um, as I was exiting my house to go, I was wearing shoes that hurt my feet. So I changed my shoes, which Adorable. were a different height. Height. So when I started, I put them on just as I was walking out the door. I closed the door behind me and I started walking. <laughs> and the shoes were, I was wearing pumps. These are platforms and the, your step is different. <laughs> and I fell on my knees. I went sliding on my, which would have been fine if we didn't have a ring doorbell <laughs> that recorded the entire incident. <laughs> so I'm going to post that to our Instagram page for everybody to see. I got this. Because I got the clip, and I'm telling you, I 
laughed so hard in my office. I'm so glad I the door was, was shut. I was laughing so hard, and I texted my daughter, who I, my kids love it when I fall. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they love it. I texted my daughter. I said, come out here. She's like, I go, I fell. No way. <laughs> she came out there. We stood in the front yard, which there's also a recording of, of us laughing so hard. <laughs> tears were coming down our face. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, you guys, I just have to say the tender... Oh, at the very end, <laughs> I fell in love with. Oh, <laughs> it's hilarious. I look like just such a klutz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be here again next Tuesday, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time live. Because this is our gift to you. Whack them all, us on Instagram, Twitter, and all major platforms. Yes, have a great week. Please tune in and stay tuned. You've Mad been listening love. to Whack them all with Tina B and Charmaine G. Follow us on Facebook. Facebook and Twitter. Watch us on YouTube and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for, well, whatever may happen with Tina B and Charmaine G on Whack-A-Mole. This has been a production from a podcast studio.